0: It's The Rendezvous with Simon Marcel.
1: Bonjour et bonsoir. C'est Simon. It's Simon Marcel. Welcome to The Rendezvous. We're going to talk love. We're going to talk about your relationship. But first, a friend of mine, a wonderful woman, friend of mine for years, uh, told me, you know, how can I explain to my husband that when he says things and he doesn't do it, uh, those are two different things and, and, and he needs to understand. And my answer was this. If you have a faith in your relationship, somebody who promises things and doesn't deliver, or somebody who says things and never do them, somebody who just you know, is very convincing that he's going to do something and doesn't do it, you've got to tell him, a promise not kept is not an act of love. It's an act of deception. And so we have to all do what we say when we say it. I live by this. You say what you do and you do what you say. And how can you build a good relationship if you don't do this? So just keep that in mind. And now your calls are next. Bonjour, Jessica.
2: Bonjour, Simon.
1: Bonjour, Jessica. What's going on? How can I help you?
2: So I have a super unusual job, and I, I'm a, a, on tour a lot. I'm a musician. And my boyfriend okay, great. is a merchant marine, and he's gone a lot. So he's gone three weeks out of every six. And, you know, we'll touch base a couple of times a day, but my schedule shifts very quickly. But since I'm home more than he is, I'm in charge of kind of everything around the house. Yep. The bills, the responsibilities. Well, when he touches base with me, you know, it's, it's like, why is there $49 on the Amex? What's going on with this? What's going on with that? I always feel like I'm being interrogated. And maybe I'm just mm-hmm. overreacting, but I don't know how to approach him to, where well, I don't feel like I'm being handled and managed.
1: For sure. Uh, let me ask you something. How does that make you feel when he interrogates you like this? What? How do you feel? It, it feels a little claustrophobic to me,
2: especially because in my work life I have so many handlers, agents, managers, things like that that I'm always answering to. In my personal life, it feels really claustrophobic.
1: Do you feel also controlled by that method?
2: Yeah, a little. Like just like I'm being handled, and I, I just really don't like it. Like if if, if I'm going to be in charge of stuff, you just I feel like you just need to trust me to do it.
1: Um, plus, um, you know, probably when you were 15, 16, 17, your dad would ask you such questions for pocket money, or, right? It's like a conversation exactly. we have with our parents when we're teenagers, not adults. Yes, it feels just like that, actually. So now the question I have for you is, what is the hesitation, Jessica? Why haven't you had the conversation? What do you fear by having this conversation just like we're having together with him?
2: Um, well, I, you know, it, with him being gone so much, like, I haven't been able to approach it yet just because I don't want to do it via text, you know, during a day-to-day check-in. So I've, okay. it, plus, I'm yeah. kind of putting it off. It's a new relationship. I don't want to stir up any crap.
1: Yes, but there is an unspoken, and there is resentment. The unspoken oh. is you don't like to feel like, like handled like this, and the resentment, obviously, you resent that, and it's building up negative energy into the relationship.
2: Agreed, agreed. I, I do need to address it. Probably why we're having that's this it. conversation now. I'm going to have
1: to do it. It's kind of a practice, but that's good because we've practiced together and now you know you can tell him. listen, uh, I'm going to make things clear. You trust me with the house and the, and the things and the money, no more questions. Or you take care of everything and then uh, I'll ask you the questions. Without trust, there is no way to build a solid relationship. So if you don't trust me, we don't have to stay together. If you trust me, you cannot ask me, like, you were my dad and I was a 17-year-old teenager, what's going on with 35 bucks on the Amex? Have you done this? And you've got to be firm on this. That I won't build a relationship if I don't feel the trust.
2: Okay. I, it sounds good to me. I, I think I'm going to try that. Just
1: Appreciate tell the it. truth. <laughs> yeah, just tell the truth and you'll be okay. Jessica, good luck to you. And uh, I know it will work. So have a good night and, and good luck to you. Thank you so much. Coming up, I am going to go listen to Nancy's voicemail because her boyfriend is acting in a way that makes her feel, you know, worried. So let's listen to her voicemail. Next. I have some good news for you because you're never alone when it comes to your relationship. And i mean, in 24-7-365. You can always leave me a question on my voicemail at 855-905-8255 and we'll get to it. Just like for Nancy's. Take a listen.
3: Bonjour, Simon. Um, This is Nancy, um, and uh, I need your advice. Um, So my boyfriend, um, his uh, ex-girlfriend, just got engaged. Um, He saw it on social media, and basically he's kind of become really obsessed with it. Um, I mean, this was about a week ago, and he's still talking about it. And obviously it's starting to upset me, and I'm just not sure why he's so obsessed with this situation and basically, I guess for me, my, my question to you is um, I don't know how to talk to him about it or what to say anymore at this point. So I hope you can help me and um, I love your show so much. Thank you.
1: Oh, Thank you so much for the kind words, Nancy. Yes, uh, what should you do if your boyfriend's ex got engaged and your boyfriend won't stop talking about it? I'll tell you what to do next. What should you do if your partner's ex got engaged, but your partner won't stop talking about it with you, and you're really annoyed? A, what does it mean? It means definitely that your partner is still thinking about his ex. If he brings that all the time, it means subconsciously he probably wishes he was the one getting engaged to her. That's number one red flag. The number two red flag is that if you feel annoyed, it's because you feel that, and you're not saying it. There's an unspoken, so my suggestion to you is to have a talk. A real talk, a face-to-face talk, a talk that can lead to a separation or, you know, a, a solution where he understands it's inappropriate and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's just talking about it because, you know, he's shocked. He doesn't want to go back with her. But don't deny the fact that this is not normal and you have to have a conversation and prepare for all options. That's my advice. A true conversation. You call the next. 855-905-8255. 855-905-8255. Bonjour Victoria.
3: Bonjour Simon.
1: Bonjour Victoria. So I understand something romantic happened to you. I can't wait to hear what it is.
3: Oh yes. I celebrated a birthday recently uh-huh. and I, <laughs> I'm not a big birthday person I and especially this year with everything going on I wasn't yeah. feeling festive or anything. I think I was starting to feel a little depressed you know and sure. um, I made it very clear to my boyfriend that I don't want to do anything. i just going to watch a movie at home and relax. And he just kind of he surprised me with a little party. Like, you know, it was like four of my closest um, friends and family members. But it was just the perfect energy. Like, everyone was just relaxed. I wasn't, you know, it wasn't a big party, my favorite foods. Um, it really changed my mood. And I was sure uh-huh. I didn't want anything like that but I noticed right in the next few days I was feeling more light and free and happy, and I'm just very grateful for him and for being able to read me even when, I, when I'm not sure what I want.
1: <laughs> yeah, how did that make you feel when you realized the party? I mean, what was the emotions?
3: I felt like, oh my God, like I woke up. I felt like I was... I, I was just kind of, you know, sitting in a little bit of sadness or anxiety about everything going on, and I wasn't celebrating myself. So it was like a reminder that I'm loved and that I could celebrate myself and, and have too many slices of cake, <laughs> all of that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like the too many slices of cake. That's joie de vivre. That's the joy of life. Oh that's, right. that's good. It makes me want to celebrate myself, uh, my birthday, but yeah. it's coming later this summer. Anyway, thank you so much for sharing, and have a good night. You know, I, I just said in French that it brings you the joie de vivre. Do, do you know what exactly it means, la joie de vivre, in French? Let me translate that for you next. So, you know, for my accent, I'm French, straight from Paris, even though I'm an American now, I'm proud of it. But the accent is French, and the French have an expression that I love. It's called la joie de vivre, la joie de vivre, the joy of life, joy of living. What does that mean? It means, you know, in France, we're not so much hardworking people, but we are good at food, wine, cheese, siesta, la <laughs> la, romance, and enjoying life. And we believe that a successful life is not so much measured by, let's say, the amount of money you got during your lifetime or the success at work. No. But how much joie de vivre you bring to yourself and to the people you love. And I say that because my last caller... I was talking about how her boyfriend surprised her and made her feel so good and bring that joy of life with the party and the cake and everything, and I really feel that these days with this crazy world we live in, la joie de vivre is more than essential. I'm going to give you personally my own joie de vivre recipe next. So I'm French, I'm American, and I bring la joie de vivre with me. My mother and dad gave it to me, la joie de vivre. So. For me, and it's true, I've been alone for eight months in the Midwest. Only my teddy bear, Mr. Lewis, that you can check on my website at one of the Radio, is staring at me, smiling. Besides this, I think I've seen no, nobody home, really, except when I go grocery shopping, stuff like that. So, how do I keep my joie de vivre? What is my recipe? Well, I like to cook, and I like to change meals. From my scrambled eggs on Monday to my fresh tuna with a bit of olive oil and lemon on Tuesday to my chocolate cake and chocolate mousse later on the weekend, and tea time, and doing the show, taking walks outside, taking my pictures outside. Uh, you can check all that, by the way, at, at one of radio. Bringing to my eyes, to my all senses, pleasure. And you do the best you can. Joie de vivre is, I think, a great recipe and remedy against tough times. So you have yours, I have mine, and uh, we'll put it all on social media for you to uh, share. At Rendezvous Radio, you call the next. If you have a question for me, call the Rendezvous. 855-905-8255. Bonjour, Karen.
0: Bonjour, Simon.
1: Bonjour, Karen. What's going on with your boyfriend?
0: Well, my boyfriend and I live live together. And um, basically, I do everything and he doesn't do anything in terms of, you know, the house, keeping up the house, shopping, all of that stuff. But one thing he loves to do is ooh-la-la.
2: <laughs> so
0: <laughs> what should I, I mean, I, like, this is really getting to me. And I don't know, do you, do you think I should do something in the ulala department to maybe get him to start helping out? What
1: are you, you know, thinking like about I, when you say, like what?
0: Like saying I'm sorry. No, ulala. You know, I don't know.
1: It's 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 an option. I was thinking maybe to separate both, which is like um, uh, explain to him that you can't say I love you if you don't show it. And the fact that he does nothing and you do everything is not a sign of love, but a sign of uh, disrespect for you, a sign of uh, taking you for granted, the sign that um, he's more important than you when you live with somebody, and I mean it. It's 50-50. It means maybe one of you cook, the other one grocery shop. Maybe one of you cut the grass out, the other one take the trash. I, no, whoever, you guys have to do a compromise that gives you the best chance to work. But I think the ooh is a separate issue, um, and I think you have to have a talk about what he's uh, doing. And you can tell him it's against me, and that you will not stay with him if it continues. Mm. Because you're being disrespected, Karen. That's what I think.
0: Right. Yeah, I, it, I feel it, that way. I feel
2: resentful about it.
1: Exactly. I think the unspoken is you feel resentful about him. You don't feel love; You feel hated. And you say, so, you know, get up your butt and start, you know, 50-50. Or why would you want to stay with a guy who disrespects you like this?
3: Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah.
1: All right, Karen, don't forget there is no love when there is disrespect. So good luck to you. Be strong, be direct, and I wish you a wonderful night.
0: Oh, thank you, Simon.
1: Is that me or would you also feel disrespected if you lived with somebody and you were doing everything for the person? Would you feel disrespected too or you would be okay with it? I want to talk about that next. I have a question for you, something on my mind since my last caller can. Her boyfriend does nothing in the house and I told her I think it's disrespectful. But do you agree with me? Do you think it's disrespectful if you're together in the same house a new partner does absolutely nothing. Now he's always up for the ulala. I get it, and she enjoys it too. That's fine, but don't you think that it's like without respect, there is no relationship? That w- what does that mean to respect somebody? Is to take care of the things with somebody. It's our house. It is our responsibility. It's us, not you. Do everything, and I watch TV. And I feel that it's very important to remind ourselves that we are not in 1900 anymore. It used to be like this, you know, guy would go to work and the housewife thing. But nowadays, everybody goes to work and everybody should do something about the house. And let me share a story from a friend of mine about this. I'm sure you'll appreciate it. Next. So, really, true story. A friend of mine told me that he got married about 20 years ago, so... He said to me, you know, when I got married, you know, I thought it was like my dad and my grandfather, like, you know, they would bring the paycheck and then, you know, they would come home, meal was ready, uh, the house was clean, vacuumed, clothes were folded and so on. Uh, And so, when I got married, I thought that was the deal also, except my wife took it very badly because, you know, now everybody works, it's not like the old school, you know, housewife things anymore, that was another time, and she resented him. So badly, they almost got a divorce because as the couple therapist, they went to see and save their marriage, loving is sharing and sharing is loving. And sharing is not just share the ooh-la-la and the romance. Sharing the tough times, sharing the chores, sharing to keep the house clean and everything else. And he said it, the couple therapist saved him. So please remember that line, sharing is loving and loving is sharing. and sharing everything, the good and the hard times too. That's my advice. You call the next. 855-905-8255. Bonjour, Sophie. Bonjour,
0: Simon. How
1: you doing? Oh, I'm good. Welcome to The Rendezvous. So what's going on? How can I help you and your partner?
0: So um, my partner and I have been together for six years, and you know we're in our early 30s, and um, once people find out how long we've been together, they're like, well, why aren't you guys married? And we're just feeling all this, pressure from people and I just don't know if there's something wrong with me because I don't want to get married or care to get married or if it's just society putting this on in my head.
1: I see. But how do you feel about it? Like, how do you personally, as a human being, feel about it?
0: I mean, I I love my partner. I really, I love him. I live, we've been living together for three years. We have a lot of fun. If anything, this pandemic has brought us closer uh-huh. Um, I don't feel a need in my heart or in anywhere a pressure anywhere to feel to marriage. I don't. My parents are together. They've been together for thirty five years, and I think marriage is wonderful and difficult. But I don't see the need for me to get married or us to be married to solidify our relationship.
1: Okay, uh, your partner is okay with that, right? Absolutely. So why do you worry so much about what other people say? What's your worry there? Is, is this, Do you feel isolated? Do you feel embarrassed? What? How do you feel about other people being obsessed by you getting married?
0: I feel like it takes away validity from my relationship. I, I had a friend once ask me like, oh, "Are you guys having problems? Why aren't you married?" And and it's that's what's bothering me. Like, why is my relationship not as you know valid as my other friends who are married? You know, I have a friend who has been with her partner. Her husband for two years and they were together for one year and I'm like well I've been with my partner for double that time so your relationship is more valid than mine because there's a paper that says something and you wear a ring so I just guess I feel it bothers me that people view my relationship I guess less than theirs because I'm not married.
1: Got it. Okay so uh, what's more important for you? The friend's opinion or how do you feel?
0: That's a good question. I, I guess what's more important to me is how I feel.
1: Okay, then. So from now on, if anybody asks you anything uh, about this anymore, said, listen, we're not going to get married and we love each other. So get used to it. And you change the topic. Own and defend your territory. Own and defend your partnership. Own and defend your love. Own and defend whether you're married, not married, nobody's business. But own it. You're
0: right. Yep, absolutely. Thank you. Good. That's very
1: helpful. I'm glad I could help a little. Sophie, thank you so much for calling and have a good night.
0: Thank you, Simon.
1: You as well. So, you know, i like to finish this show with the moment of truth, le moment de vérité. Uh, There was a last question for you. Have you ever stayed in a relationship even after you knew it was completely over? (laughs) Let's talk about that next. Have you ever stayed in a relationship even after you knew it was completely over, done, This is what I call the moment of truth at the end of the rendezvous. I like to put those polls on my social media, uh, at Rendezvous Radio. If you don't follow me, you're missing a lot. Every day, 24-7, at Rendezvous Radio. Very easy. Anyway, the result of, have you ever stayed in a relationship even after you knew it was over? 76% of you voted, yes, I have. 24% of you said, no, I have not. And me, I have not voted, but yes, I have stayed in relationships. Even though I knew it was over, because I had such a wonderful time, and so that's the reason. <laughs> that or guilt? did you notice that? It's either it's wonderful and you just want to enjoy it a little longer or you have plenty of guilt because you're the one leaving and you don't want to do that, so it hurts. anyway, that's the result of the pause. Thank you very much for spending your late evening with me. et bonsoir.
0: The rendezvous with Simon Marcel.